Assalamu alaikum. May the peace that only God can give be upon you. Welcome to another edition of Radio Islam. This is your host, Tariq Alameen, and we are broadcasting on WCEV 1450 AM, streaming at WCEV1450.com. For those of you who are new to the Radio Islam family, we welcome you. Thanks for tuning in. We're on every day from 6 to 7 p.m. Central, coming to you from the wonderful city of Chicago, Illinois. Uh, you can keep up with us by following and liking our pages on social media. You'll find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Radio Islam USA. And you can also subscribe to the podcast. Make sure you are subscribed to the podcast wherever you get yours at. So if that's iTunes, TuneIn, Google Play, or SoundCloud, <laughs> that uh, you'll find us at Radio Islam USA. Okay, let me uh, get this music out the way. So, uh, Radio Sound family, this is a, a really special day, um, which is going to lead up to another special day for those who are, uh, who have, who have um, completed the Hajj, the pilgrimage, uh, the sacred uh, journey uh, to the sacred house, uh, to the Kaaba in, uh, in, in Mecca, uh, and, and went through all the rites that are associated with the Hajj. We know that today being the ninth day um, of uh, the Hijjah, uh, that this is the day of Arafat, and which means that we are coming to, to the Eid, right? Eid al-Adha. And, and since that's coming, right, and since this is such a tremendous day, uh, and then there's also something else. I'm not going to give it away right away because um, I have uh, joining me in studio my brother Imam Musa Azam. He is the... Director of Development for Sound Vision, but so much more as well. Um, a well-respected, well-traveled, uh, and knowledgeable uh, imam who has um, who has serviced uh, many communities throughout the country in his travels, um, and regularly gives the um, khutbahs. I couldn't even say where, right? I know is <laughs> Islamic Foundation Villa Park. But you know what? Before I before I do all the talking, let me go ahead and bring him on uh, and get his mic turned on. Assalamu alaikum. Yes, we thank you so much for taking the time to uh, come in and, and share some your insights and some of your experiences that you've had uh, with the Radio Islam listeners uh, who may, because, you know, we, we've got some listeners who are Muslim and we have, you know, we've got a 50-50 mix, right? Mm. We've got some who, um, you know, they're not, right? But they, they appreciate our perspective and, 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 and who we are. I appreciate that. So, so let's, let's talk a bit about the significance would you tell us the significance, uh, in your words, of, 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 of this day of Arafah? Of Yawm al-Arafah. Yes. Indeed, it is a very important day when it's come to Hajj itself. Uh, Rasulullah sallallahu Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, said, the Hajj is Arafah. Without Arafah, there is no Hajj. Mm -hmm. Regardless of the condition of the pilgrims, they are required to at least station over there for a moment. So I have seen in my many time have been blessed to go for Hajj where people were brought on the crutches mm. and then they've been brought in the bed and they just stationed over there and to fulfill this. So it's part of Hajj, there's no question about it. Beside this, Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, have talked about it in several different narrations and traditions speaks very highly of the importance of this ninth day of Zul Hijjah, which is the 12th month. 12th calendar, uh, 12th month in the lunar, lunar calendar, mm -hmm. where Arafah has been connected with a number of different things. It is this plains where Adam and Eve met after being descended from the heavens. Mm -hmm. And it is where the day of resurrection will take place. It is where God Almighty gathered Muslims every year on this day and made this a place of fundamental. And it is also the day it is narrated by wife of Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, Aisha Siddiqa radiallahu ta'ala anha. She said that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa informed us that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive people on this day in great numbers. And every individual who are blessed and have opportunity to visit Arafat, which is this day, will return from there being forgiven for all their sins. Mm, that's a beautiful thing. 
that is a beautiful thing. What are some of the things for those who have not had the opportunity, myself being among them, uh, have not had the opportunity yet to make this, uh, to make the Hajj, uh, that people would expect what, um, what's going through the Haji's minds right right now on this day? <laughs> oh boy, I tell you, it is something that the words cannot describe. And the mere fact, beginning to even answer that question bring tears to my eyes because I could literally take myself back into that moment. It is the moment that where those pilgrims realize the worth and the value of this life and relationship. And for this worldly gain, how much we compromise and sacrifice our spiritual values. All those things are brought to your attention, the reality, especially when you're wrapped into two pieces of cloth and that cloth has become ruggedy over the period of last three days, dust and sitting and just walking under the trees here and there, you then really ask yourself, what's your worth? If you, at this very moment, if you are to die, what will world will miss and what will you take from the, with the, from the world? Mm. And that really brings you to connecting with the reality of your life and the main purpose of your existence on this earth that is none other than to serve God Almighty through the service towards his creation. And that reality really brings that true essence of humanity that one needs to have, that you don't want to leave this world without having to do something for the betterment of the society. And where Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, and other narrations tells us that leave the world in a better position than you have inherited. And that's what probably goes in the mind of the pilgrims at this time. And as the narrations of the Prophet gives very clearly, there is no day on which Allah frees more people from the fire than the day of Arafah. He comes close to the lower heaven and then offer his forgiveness with great generosity that gives pilgrims an opportunity to, to literally pour their hearts out. Mm -hmm. I have seen people and have people come to me saying that in last 37 years we have never shed a tear. We are blessed in our life so much that there is nothing that our heart desire and we never get it. We always got anything that we want. Wow. So they said that we were so happy, but today we felt that we were missing on big thing and we surrender ourselves to God at this very moment. Let me, let me ask you this, because uh, Islam, we are blessed to have a requirement to put ourselves in positions that in our regular days, they would be uncomfortable and we would avoid them. Yes. But we're blessed to have this as a requirement that says that you have to come with millions of other people. Yes. Strangers. Strangers, right? totally strangers. And then this day of Arafah, where literally this word is, is to know. Yes. Right? Yes. Um, what is this? Do you think that this is, um, do you think we're really getting the message, the strangers all coming together, right? This idea of knowing one another. Um, in today's climate because I don't want to just leave it as just a religious experience right it's supposed to change us indeed right transformation it should literally transform individual I mean I that's when we strongly recommend before going to Hajj having Hajj workshops because people get so carried away of do's and don'ts they don't remain focused on the spiritual aspect of the Hajj right. where the main essence of the Hajj is the spiritual well-being and uplifting and connecting God all with God Almighty and His creation. So, yeah, in the beginning, once you arrive there, it takes little time, but with time that you come to terms and understand mm -hmm. that this is could be the only shot in my life that I will have to connect with. And when you see, look around people who are human being, all right, but they dress differently, their culture are different, the language is different, their approach to things are different, but you are all un in one place. Right. 
And then you see those individuals, you don't even understand their language, but standing before God and begging him and crying like babies and pouring their hearts out literally helps you create that environment to open up to things that you have been long denying and face the reality of your life and then you turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in repentance and that environment is so beautiful Imam Tariq I cannot put in words mm. just just listening to you and oh looking Allah, at you I, I you. wish I wish that um, the listeners could could see you as you're I mean because I can feel it I can feel yeah. it um, so do you think that um, that as Muslims with the proper understanding and, and experiencing these especially the, the Hajj that it puts us in a in a different type of mind frame to see ourselves as as global citizens indeed I would strongly recommend for every able Muslim to make an effort to go there as quickly as possible as recommended by Prophet Muhammad peace be upon him not only to complete the obligation that you have of the Hajj, mm -hmm. but to experience you owe it to yourself to have that experience mm -hmm. and once you go there and experience yourself you're guaranteed to return as better human being that you have ever been or even you imagine yourself you could yes. that is how it is um, I'd like to hear your thoughts on something because um, the the mountain of, of, of Arafat this is also yes. a it holds a special significance in terms of words from Rasulullah, the Messenger of Allah, peace and praise be upon him. And he gave a message that spoke directly to one of the core um, core principles of the Quran, which is truth and justice. Hmm. And he gave a message which was um, which which talked about there not being a superiority mm -hmm. that was that was given to anyone based off of ethnicity or skin color or you know we can use the logic to Indeed. kind of go down the line Indeed. right so with this type of, of of message with this type of tradition and people going for for this pilgrimage when they come back what is the message for as it relates to justice so i want i want to hear what, what do you where, where do you think people should be situating themselves or responding to this it's very interesting imam that you asked that question Every year on Yawmul Arafah, a sermon is delivered. Mm -hmm. In the tradition of Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, it is the same tradition that you're referring to that he initiated. And thereafter, every single year, Imams gives the sermon over there. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, it is delivered on, uh, unfortunately, it is not understood by those millions of people who are attending due to the fact it is being delivered in Arabic language. Right. Recently, we um, Muslim Americans are doing fabulous job and I'm really proud to be Muslim American not only we contribute for the betterment of the society in this part of the world mm -hmm. but as we go back to our third world countries and Muslim countries we then look to see what they can do to improve and the same thing happened to one of the citizen uh, who lived in Florida who lives in Florida Palm Beach Florida mm -hmm. he went over there and then he had people listening to the sermon or prayers and crying next to him mm -hmm. and he said I wish I understand what the Imam is saying because he does not speak English and uh, after the sermon was over he asked the brother he said what was it about he said I don't know well I saw you crying he said well I saw the Imam was crying so I just couldn't hold my tears and this experience happened wow. to him when he went to the Prophet's mosque. In the prayer, Imam was crying. The other guy was next to him was also crying furiously. And then he asked afterwards, it's the same thing. So he returned back to Mecca for his tawaful vida. But before leaving from there, he asked God Almighty. He said, I have met many people like me who want to understand, but we don't understand due to the language barrier. Enable me to do something that will help millions of people like myself who will want to understand and could not. He came back, gathered his team, and came up with the software. Now that translates simultaneously all those khutbas and prayers in 37 wow. languages. And this person is none other than Salah Din, who gave new voting machines to America. Not many people here in America knows that new, accurate, or close to accurate voting machines were 
given by Muslim American whose name is Salahuddin and the mm. company is Nasdaq. Wow. Their app is everywhere now on Android or Apple phone. You could find it. They call it Divine Connect. Wanted to do something that, that is going to impact humanity. Yes. So with mm. that app, now the millions of Muslims for the first time be in Mecca as on Arafah as pilgrims all throughout the globe can understand the message that is being delivered. So the today's khutbah that was delivered, the sermon, taught about all those things that you just mentioned of the rights towards humanity, peace, and justice. He started out talking about rights to yourself first and foremost, which means you cannot even abuse yourself. Right. It is the trust of God Almighty yourself to yourself. Mm -hmm. Then you have to literally take care and safeguard and don't put yourself in harm ways. That's not many people think of that. Even putting yourself in harm ways also is a violation against the rights of your own self. Yeah. And then he goes on to talking about the rights towards the parents, children, spouse. He dwelled on it very much on the spouse. He said the family structure in the Islam is very strong and it emphasizes and it starts out with recognizing each other's rights and respecting them and fulfilling this. And then he went on to talking about the society and the humanity at large. Mm. Mm. That's powerful. That is really powerful. Um, as the, we're coming to the close, um, what is, what are some of the? And I don't want I don't want to paint a picture of a journey that is without its own challenges. Uh, a lot of the, the the people that I've spoken to, they 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 tell me that there's always one thing or two things, something that happened that you know that they had to <laughs> kind of confront right to make sure yes. that they did not. Yep. They did not violate their own hatch. Yes. Right? Yes. What are some what are some of those things? <laughs> can can you can you talk about some of those things? See, being the as a group leader, I go to Hajj often and Chicago Hajj and Umrah, yeah. Chicago based group is which I go with. And I really like the guy who under promises over delivers. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. <laughs> yeah. So that's very good. So right from the very beginning it prepares you. And since I've been there many times, so we have in head seminars, so we talk about it. So the thing that you're indicating, we live in a very comfortable society, lifestyle here, and we have so many things readily available to us and used to mm -hmm. having those things and not having those things readily available in spite of paying money for it and thinking that it will be delivered to you. The agents may even promise, but guess what? Those agents are as strangers as you are in that country. There is no telling. So they have very little control over when the things goes wrong. They may have collected thousands of dollars from you promising that you will have a luxurious package. Mm -hmm. Guess what? Hmm. They may not be able to deliver. And when that happens, those agents are nowhere to be found either. Because <laughs> <laughs> so you're in a tent. <laughs> you're in a tent left by yourself. Yeah. So definitely, yes. So you need to package with lots of lots of sabr, which is patience. Yeah. Yeah. So... Um, do you think that there's going to be a, uh, that there will be a point where the, the world, right? Not just the, the, the Muslims, but the world can really benefit from the example because it always gets media coverage, yes. right? People, they say we have over, we have 1.2, we have 2 million Muslims, however many millions that are there. Uh, and they look and they see all these different people. They, and you can tell they're from different places, um, Will that have a, or do you think it's had an effect on non-Muslims in particular? Definitely, most certainly I could say that with certainty because I do know a son of a Jew and a Christian, Michael Wolf, film producer, mm -hmm. Unity yeah, Production okay. Foundation. And when he did the documentary for the first time for the world to see, at that time it was shown on Nightline, Ted Koppel was the anchor. Mm -hmm. and. Uh, Soon after the documentary was shown, hundreds and thousands of copies was ordered, and ABC News literally brag about it, how many calls came, and it all shows the appreciation. Not only individuals, universities, libraries orders those things and shared. Mm -hmm. So social media, and when you have a way to communicate and connect with humanity, humanity is blessed with goodness. You give them the opportunity, they will grab and run towards it. And that's what I have seen. So with the social media, with the advancement of technology, if you reach out to humanity, you will definitely see humanity at large, regardless of their creed, 
and cultural values will definitely see the value in this and benefit from it. And one thing is to see that people from all across the world coming from a different languages, different values, still peacefully come and perform their rituals and return to their dwellings without much difficulties. This in itself is a great miracle that happens every single year in the Muslim world. Alhamdulillah. Okay, so um, Imam Musa, <clears throat> what are some of the things that, because as, as I'm listening to you talk about this, right, and I know plenty of people that have gone and uh, I've made my intentions, inshallah, uh, with the Lord's permission next year, right, if I'm here, um, that, that I intend to be on the Hajj, inshallah. My prayers are with you, my brother. I appreciate May that. you be blessed and with your spouse, inshallah. Yes, to yes, together. yes, the two of us. Strongly inshallah. recommend. Yes. Um, what are some of the things that people who are listening and getting inspired uh, hearing you talk about the Hajj, what are some of the things that they need to do, uh, that we need to do to prepare ourselves for it? Mentally, first and foremost, prepare yourself mentally to go away from all the luxuries that you have or being used to living in the lifestyle that you have here. And when you prepare yourself, know that it's going to be a spiritual transformation. And the fact that the Hajj really demands from you to be in the state of Ahram, which is that you're being wrapped in two pieces of cloth, that gives you an opportunity of rebirth. Just like a person, when they die, they are wrapped into the pieces of cloth and then sent away on their journey. Same thing, you're doing it in your own lifetime. So emulating, literally dying and coming back to life again. Mm. So it's a rebirth process. And you completely insane and understand that. So you're undertaking this willingly, voluntarily, and wanting to do it. So why not do it? Prepare yourself and spiritually be present as much as possible. So consider Hajj to be a spiritual transformation of human being. Mm. So this you need to do it first and foremost. Now what's, what's odd, I shouldn't say odd, but you know, I've had to um, talk to people before they leave and you know, one of the things is always telling people to um, have their affairs in order before they leave because plenty of people go uh, and, and some don't come back. You know, you may Indeed. be called, you know, to Allah. Indeed. They may be your, your, the last trip you make. Indeed. Uh, and, and what a beautiful way, to, a beautiful way yes. yeah, to leave this life. Um, so uh, is that's, that's also uh, something that people have to, to look into. Definitely. So as it is the first thing I would say as a spiritual thing, because I emphasize this because people get so nervous of do's and don'ts, they get overwhelmed and only get invested in those things. Mm. So I always try to minimize that. That's a secondary. You would pretty soon overcome those obstacles and you have trained guides who will guide you every step of the way. So that's not your worry. Right. Your worry and your focus should be your own self, your own spirituality. And before leaving for Hajj, Hajj is obligatory, mandatory on the individuals who have fulfilled the rights of others. Right. Rights meaning that includes every single thing, be it is that you're owing money for, so from individuals, you either pay them back their debts or you get their permission mm -hmm. that they're okay for you to go for Hajj without you having to pay them in full. Say, for example, if you're in the installment plan with them and if they're okay with that, that's okay. But that need to be settled. This is financial. Second, if you if one have hurt others' feelings or wronged others, now is their time to go turn to them and ask God, ask them to forgive. As the Hajj Prophet Muhammad peace be upon him said, the accepted Hajj in which no wrong is being done, Allah subhanahu wa taala will reward that individual as if this per cleanse that per individual from the wrongdoing mistakes and sins as if that individual was born from the wombs of their mothers. However, having said this strong statement, scholars explains accept the rights of individuals, hmm. which means God is in position to forgive anything that you have done against him. But if one has done wrong towards his creation, the system is that you have to first and foremost ask those individuals to forgive you before God can forgive on those. So that includes debt, that includes disheartening somebody, that includes you know, backbiting or any kind of wrong that one has done 
to other individual and other have suffered from the hands of this individual. So it is encouraged that as you prepare for these things, you make this also a very important part of your preparation that you turn to individuals, asking them to forgive, whether you remember or not, whether they remember or not, ask them anyways to forgive. And as you do this process, this offers you an opportunity to reconcile with human being, reconnect and experience their willingness and willingness to forgive and go an extra mile to accommodate. And when you do this, I have personally experienced people say, oh, far from it. You, I would never hold anything against you. Even if you have said this, you've already been forgiven and they will assure you by giving you a big hug. Yeah. And you come to see the beauty of humanity at that time that you've been thinking all along about that individual being very hard-hearted and this and that. That's not the case. You open up, you see people will come with the open arms and embraces you and lift you from where you were feeling very low to very highest level. And then you see how high these people were all along and it is our inability to see the goodness in them. So this opportunity gives you a chance to see bad, good in people. And when you do these things, people then open up to you and you make commitment to yourself that you will never do these things again. So you make the intention to when you have blessed with the Hajj, you will come back as a totally new person as it is intended and you will live your life thereafter to the fullest in the way that you would be of service to God and to his creation. Mm, Alhamdulillah. You know, I, I, have to, I have to hone in on one of the points that you made uh, with regard to not just asking Allah for forgiveness, but asking for the forgiveness of those that you have, that you have potentially wronged. Well, you have, you may know that you've wronged them, or you may be in doubt as to whether or not you've wronged them. But I think this is particularly uh, important, especially in a time where we can communicate messages mm -hmm. via social media and blast it out and and and, and hit a thousand people yes. right at one time, or thousands of people. Um, and to say, you know, we see these messages, they, they pop up we do. on, uh, you know, every so often. You know, if I've done anything uh, to hurt you, offend you, I ask Allah's forgiveness and your forgiveness and leave it at that. And not going that extra mile and speaking to the individual directly, you know, eye to eye, if possible, or, or, or hearing that person's voice. Uh, and that takes a different, there, there's, there's a little bit more vulnerability mm -hmm. uh, that's required for that. Um, but in that vulnerability, I go back to what you mentioned, is that you have the opportunity to receive a, a, another person's uh, forgiveness. And I know yes. we seek Allah's forgiveness, mm. but when you wrong another human being, to have that person look at you and say, you mm -hmm. know what, I don't hold it against you. There's something that's very liberating about that. And the social media yes. platform, it, it kind of it can kind of get in the way of it aware of that if we're not if we're not careful indeed i agree with you 100 percent, and that's where we need to learn to utilize this where it serve our interest not deprive us of the goodness mm. and uh, certainly and in the malamalu bin niyat if anybody is intentionally deliberately just sending this hoping that they do it allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows what goes on their hearts and intention every action in islam is depend on the intention so if you, one is genuine and sincerely seeking, he or she will do their level best to reach out and to have the confirmation and assurance from the individuals whom they think have wronged. Yeah. So just mere sending the message and not receiving anything back in return is not enough. And I have individuals who would ask you, once even you have said that, yes, you are forgiven, they will ask you repeatedly to get the assurance, <laughs> please, for sure, for real, you know, if I have to do something, I will do it, but please, Right. So that shows that you're really, really genuinely concerned. So merely sending a message and you're not really intending for it mm. is not going to serve them. No, not at all. Not <laughs> at all. <laughs> all right, Raider Islam family, we are talking with Imam Musa Azam. Um, he is the director of development here at Sound Vision, uh, as well as uh, often a Khatib um, at Villa Park and where else? MCC. MCC. But. Um, yeah, this has been really enjoyable conversations. Matter of fact, we're not even about to cut it off. Actually, what we're gonna do is we're gonna go ahead and we're just going to uh, we're gonna take a short break. Okay, we're gonna take a short break, and when we come back, um, we're gonna pick up our conversation. So just hang on, don't go anywhere. We'll be back in just a minute. This is Radio Slime on WCEV fourteen fifty AM. The Syrian Community Network, with offices nationwide, 
serves its Chicago area clients from its Northside location located at 5439 North Broadway. They provide housing, social services, education, basic human needs, and food security. The Syrian Community Network has Arabic-speaking staff and is a partner organization of the Illinois Coalition for Immigrant and Refugee Rights. You can get more info by calling area code 872-806-0141. That's area code 872-806-0141 or by visiting their website at syriancommunitynetwork.org. The International Museum of Muslim Cultures and History in Jackson, Mississippi, hosts a historic national conference in partnership with the National Museum of African American History and Culture, Millsaps College, Tougaloo College, Sound Vision, and with support from the W.K. Kellogg Foundation titled Race, Class, and Religious Intersectionality in America, an Ongoing Struggle for Human Dignity. This is a candid conversation including presentations by over 70 scholars, activists, elected officials, and thought leaders taking up the ongoing struggle for human dignity in the American experiment. The conference takes place September 6th through the 9th at the Western Jackson, located at 407 South Congress Street, Jackson, Mississippi. Registration is $245 for adults or $450 per couple, $170 for students 13 to 21, and children under 13 are free. Register and find more information at muslimmuseum.org. When Dad needed help getting around, I became his driver. Soon enough, it was up to me to be his housekeeper and financial manager, too. When he moved in, I became his cook and even his nurse. But no matter what roles I play, I know I'm still his daughter. We understand the roles you play. So to help, we created aarp.org caregiving, where you can connect with experts and other caregivers. Visit aarp.org caregiving. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Would your business survive a disaster? Nearly two-thirds of businesses aren't prepared for an emergency, and 40% of businesses that experience a disaster never recover. Make an emergency plan now before it's too late. For a free online tool that helps you develop an emergency plan to keep your business up and running should disaster strike, visit ready.gov forward slash business. Brought to you by the Federal Emergency Management Agency, the American Red Cross, and the Ad Council. Hey mom, why is the sky blue? Why don't animals talk? Why do dogs have wet noses? Why is an 11 pronounced 21? Kids ask a lot of questions. Why do I have a belly button? But you don't have to know every answer. Why is the ocean salty? Because you don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. Why are there 50 states? There are thousands of children in foster care who don't need every question answered. Why is pizza round? They just need you. For more information on how you can adopt, go to adoptuskids.org. A public service announcement from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt US Kids, and the Ad Council. Welcome back to Radio Islam. This is your host, Tariq Alameen, and we are broadcasting on WCEV 1450 AM, streaming at WCEV1450.com. Remember to keep up with us on social media and to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get yours at, and you're going to use the same username. You ready for it? At Radio Islam USA. That's right. At Radio Islam USA. You'll find us on social media and you'll also be able to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get yours at. All right. Let's get this on out of there. So we have been um, we've been having a great conversation with our in-studio guest, uh, Imam Musa Azam. He is the director of development <clears throat> for Sound Vision. And um, he's been he's been a guide. Um, on the Hajj, and we, we've, been just, we've been talking about the significance of uh, Yom Arafat, the day of Arafat, and the Hajj in general, and we brought up a point earlier on, make sure I got your mic on, uh, you brought up a point earlier on when we were talking about just this, these millions of people that come together, mm. not knowing one another, but then receiving 
a message which which tells them, mm. which which speaks to egalitarianism and and, and peace and, and justice. Um, let, let's go back to that because you brought up a point um, off off air that I think we really need to make sure that we bring the Radio Islam family in on. Uh -huh. <laughs> mm -hmm. So uh, I, I set the table for you. So why don't you why don't you go ahead and talk a bit about that that significance of that communication piece? Sure. I mean, I really like the fact that you uh, pointed out the Prophet's sermon on that day, and the tradition still continues. And in talking about this, we reflect that how many people are really benefiting with, since it's being delivered only in Arabic language. Now that we have mastered the skill of communication and through the social media translating this and uh, sending out this message and millions of hajis, hujjaj, those who are pilgrims and, and Muslim across the globe are now ha are blessed to listen to these sermons in 30 plus different languages. And the message that is given is so beautiful and I believe every individual who listened to this will walk away with something good. But in reference to the pilgrims themselves, spiritually they are so motivated, they're involved over there and they are making commitment to live their life from this point onwards to the fullest. I have personally have had people who would say that I have made this journey and every single thing that I learned as a divine instructions directly to me then I will try to shape my life around it and become the ambassador of peace. Mm. If with this message only, if people were to walk away from there, every single year, two million people returning from Hajj with the intention that they will be the ambassadors of peace in their own locale. Imagine how quickly we will be able to address the issue and the needs and the challenges of the world in this area. That includes peace and justice and harmony and the rights towards the individuals whose rights are being deprived and be the voice of those whose voices have been taken away. You know, that, that's a powerful observation on, on a number of different fronts. Uh, the first thing I think about is um, with the ihram that everybody's wearing, right? It is so. There's no distinct distinction between the the poor man and the rich man, right? Indeed, and, indeed. But we know that there are poor and that there are rich who are on, who you know, who are a part of the Hajj, and that means when 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 I couple that with this idea of people becoming uh, peace activists and mm -hmm. ambassadors for mm -hmm. for peace when they leave and they go back to their respective uh, homes. It means that there's not just going to be people of small means, but it's going to be people with with high standing in society, uh, people of, of means that will have uh, an opportunity to really make some changes, to have a real impact. Uh, and that's not to that's not to discount uh, mm -hmm. those mm -hmm. who are poor at all, but it's just to say that everybody everybody gets to to get in on it. Indeed, you know. indeed. Yeah. And and that's so beautiful that you brought that point. And in Islam, you need to understand that if you look into it, you'll understand and appreciate even more. Every single thing that has been asked of believer is to make that individual better for themselves and for the society that they belong to. And every act of worship that you see, it makes you that. And at least it is expected of that. Mm -hmm. If you're conscious of it, you're expected to drive those benefits and become that better person. Right. And Hajj is no different than that. And in fact, Hajj is required of those individuals who could afford and have money beyond their necessities. So right. they're obviously people who are financially stable, mm. very reputable most of the time in the community, and very invested and skilled people. Mm. And people with the vision and desire to do something for the betterment of the society. Mm. And when they are blessed with this opportunity to go literally for 10 days at least as a uh, group, uh, you know, you go and experience and interact from the time that you leave until you come back. It's about 10 days. It's two days journey back and forth from U.S. And uh, you have an opportunity to meet with those individuals which otherwise you will never have. Right. And you will learn firsthand and experience and live through these things and come back with the message. Though you're so right, when that message is given to those individuals who are very intellectual, leadership qualities and are resourceful to implement those good, beautiful ideas for the betterment of the society, these are the people from whom it is expected religiously that they would come back and do give back to the community and the societies in the, which they belong. You know, it's really interesting also, uh, I think it deserves pointing out 
the idea that this is a responsibility for each individual Muslim. Uh, so there is a selfish aspect that's involved with it. I have to do this to fulfill my obligation. Indeed. But the beautiful thing that, that comes out of it is you move outside of yourself. And I go back to the, uh, to the, um, the example that you gave about uh, the brother um, Salahuddin, mm -hmm. right? So he went there for himself, right, to do what mm -hmm. he was supposed to do as a Muslim, and then decided his experience, it pushed him to, to, to want to do something that would be of a benefit for, 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 the, for others, mm -hmm. right? And uh, so there's a point where we begin with ourselves, but we end with the community. Uh, and I think that's a, that's a wonderful transition, a wonderful uh, progression it is. that the Hajj brings about. So tell us, uh, Imam, what has been, uh, in, in the times that, th that you have gone, is there a, is there a favorite <laughs> that's, that sticks out? And, and you know, my, my first thought is gonna be, okay, it's the first time, right? The first is gonna be the most memorable and all that. Uh, was the first time your, your most memorable? Personally? Yeah. No, it wasn't. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it was a bit different. But yeah. it could be for many people for the first time, could be the first and the best one. Yeah. And mine wasn't. Mine, when I have planned to go there, I was planning on going on my own, and I have got the visa endorsed. Mm -hmm. And uh, as I was preparing myself to leave, my father had about passed away about two months ago, uh, about five months by then, five months has passed. And my mother was all by herself. As I was preparing, she asked, are you going to go all by yourself? And uh, that statement alone really robbed me off of all of my excitement and everything. And I even thought that I wanted to cancel this if I failed to take her along with me. And it, if we have a minute, I would like to just share the experience. Please, please do. Um, I was traveling from India, although I used to live in America, mm -hmm. U.S., and then I was traveling. My plan was to go to Hajj and from there come to U.S. Mm -hmm. Then when she said that, are you going to go by yourself? Then I said, subhanAllah, if it doesn't work out, then I'm not going to go to Hajj. I will cancel Hajj this time and just go to U.S. Next time, whenever I go, I will go with her. So I contacted my agent right away. He said that the Hajj endorsement time is already expired then visa is not going to be endorsed anymore in India. However, if you want, I can give it a try because last day before the consulate leaves India to go back to Saudi Arabia, they will come to collect the stamps. I will stand by the gate and present to them the passport. And if he wants, he can just stamp the passport and your mother will be in. Mm -hmm. I said, let's do whatever we can. And sure enough, he did try. He stood over there standing when the consulate was coming to collect the stamps to submit back to the Ministry of Hajj. He said that in the entire India, over 200 million Muslim population, there are still two individuals still hoping that you would consider and they will go to Hajj this year. It's mm. up to you. He looked at his face and smiled and took the passport while he's in the sit driver's in the car, went inside the consulate as he was returning. He handed out the passport with the visas on it and that's how my mother was able to go with me and wow. uh, when we wow. arrived in Mecca my mother was very emotionally drained having suffered the loss my father was only 54 at that time and she was a young widow with nine kids so when I went there I saw her emotionally how much she was longing and at the same time being a son I felt responsible to take care and make sure that she's safe and able to fulfill her needs mm -hmm. I just presented her front of the Kaaba as she stood and crying and stood behind her I said Allah I have brought her to this point from this point onwards it's yours mm. accept this Hajj of mine service to her with the promise that you'll bring me back again to have my own and my Lord have not disappointed me ever since I have been going there many times and every single time is a totally and a better experience than the last time. And I believe it's because I was able to give my first Hajj for the service of my mother. That's beautiful. MashaAllah, that is, that is wonderful. I, I can see why. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you. <laughs> I can see why. Yeah, that is, that is wonderful. So um, <laughs> has, have, has there been outside of that because I also have to, <clears throat> that, that is one of the things that I have to look at is, is taking uh, my mother, mm. right? Uh, my father passed before 
he was able to make his. Mm. So I have May Allah two rights. So I have peace. to make mine, and then I make intentions Indeed. to go for him. Indeed. Inshallah. Inshallah. Um, but has there been uh, any a, a challenge that presented itself for you uh, on any of the Hajj that that you were just like, wow, hold on, this is Hajj. Why why is this happening? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it happens to me, and it happens to be those whom I have taken with me as a group leader. Yeah. And uh, for many, I would say, generally speaking, this was my personal experience that I shared with you. For yeah. many, that could be once in a lifetime opportunity. So I always remind them that, yes, it is very challenging. It is very difficult. It is beyond your imagination and expectations. You may never have thought possible ever anything like this ever happen yeah. here in Mecca and with these people who are coming here for good intention to perform Hajj. Guess what? Consider this as your personal test from God Almighty. He's just trying to test you to see how genuine and sincere you would be. Keep in mind, this is the camp. This is the training where he's trying to polish you. And now, after you have completed this, he's going to appoint you to do work in a certain capacity. And in, before he does that, he's going to put you through these tests. Yeah. Don't give up. <laughs> Stay firm and you will pull it through. Put trust in God Almighty. Yeah. And yes, there are many challenges and every individual will have their own challenges. I'm not going to just sugarcoat these things, but you have to be prepared. Well, if it's worth it, then it ha there has to it be is. some, you know, uh, it's like birth, you know, nobody yes. just falls out, right? Yes. <laughs> and there are many people who will hold on to it from the beginning and almost very close to finishing the Hajj, they're on the verge of losing it altogether. And that's very, very, very challenging because when it comes, it comes like a lava. Yeah. They've been looking for vent. So if you are present and those individuals are connected with the group leader and group leader can see this coming. Mm -hmm. So what I personally do, I try to encourage them to join me in prayers where I would pray loudly and ask them to say, Amin. Right. Understanding the situation, I verbalize their feelings and emotions. And when they say this, it gives them the opportunity to literally vent out before God Almighty and lay down for him to address that issue rather than us having to deal with those issues. So let, let me turn this around a little mm -hmm. bit, not from the, the uh, experience uh, perspective of the, of the uh, Hujaj, but more so from the experience of the, or perspective of the, of, of the, of the leader, right? So in that position, you have to be pretty finely attuned, I would imagine, to the disposition of everybody that's under your um, uh, that's under your under your watch. Yeah, it's a huge responsibility, Mamtaria. It's a huge responsibility. You literally feel. I have I have said to my people. I said, I'm not a woman. I've never given a birth to any child, but I feel towards you guys like this, that I have a duty to address each and every single ones of your needs. And I feel connected. So as much as I'm feeling connected, I expect you to be connected with me and communicate. This is it. Make it or break it. And I don't want you to return from here without having achieved what you have really dreamed and desired. So, yes, it's a huge responsibility. I'm yeah. glad that I don't know how you can see that, but it is such a huge responsibility. Well, I mean, for, for most folks, for, for most people, the idea is they're going there once again this idea of it's me centered it's about yes. me it's about me but it takes a lot of infrastructure a lot of planning a lot of um a lot of commitment for people to be able to go to a place that they've never been uh, and to perform rites that they've never you know never performed mm -hmm. and to do it safely so that means that people like yourself imam musa and, and others who take on the responsibility for making sure that you know that all these things can uh, that they take place without any major incident. Yes, are yes, absolutely necessary. Yes, yes, very important. So, do um, uh, are, are some of the some of the people that you have served as group leader for? Uh, do they keep in touch with you? Do they call you up uh, occasionally? <laughs> <laughs> it's a bond that you create. Yeah, I mean, you're friends for life. Yeah, to say the least. Yeah, that's how it is. Because you've been there for each other through thick and thin, and you've seen each other literally melting down before God Almighty and having a new beginning, a new life. Mm -hmm. That relationship is there. And I can tell you, having been there many times, and all those who have returned from there, they too also can say this. 
the feelings and the things that you achieve cannot be cannot be described in words in order for one to appreciate he or she must undergo this process and it is so beautiful you would literally would not want to miss out for any reason and this happens only when you don't let those petty reasons keep you from making the decision to go but once you make the decision you will celebrate for the rest of your life <laughs> you know what i have the most uh if i can call it a righteous jealousy <laughs> uh, but there you know i i have uh i have friends and they've gone in, in their groups and when we get together and they said this is my hodge brothers my hodge yes. sister right and they they get to, to just kind of, you see them beaming almost yes. just reflecting on yes. uh and, and it, it actually goes back to some of the, those trials that they that they got over Indeed. you know uh, uh, one friend his back went out on him mm. you know mm. <laughs> while he was there and he didn't know if he was going to be able to finish you know yeah. but you know Allah is merciful Indeed. you know he did Indeed. Indeed. but you know alhamdulillah um i really appreciate you um it has been a real pleasure to talk to you and to, my honor. to hear your uh experience and perspective it's my honor so, it's my pleasure thank you all right so ready some family uh, we have been talking with Imam Musa Azam, as I said, Director of Development. Um, uh, and if you're in the uh, uh, MCC area or at uh, Naperville as well, right? Yeah. Yeah, Naperville. You, ne you never know. You never know where you're going to see it, right? <laughs> but we appreciate you tuning in. Um, it has come. It is that time for us to make our way on out of here. Uh, but we pray that all those who are... Uh, if you have loved ones who are uh, you're expecting them back from the Hajj, pray that Allah deliver them back safely. Um, that being said, we're going to go ahead and thank our engineer over at WCV. We thank uh, you for listening. I'm your host, producer uh, Tariq Alamine. Our executive producer is Abdul Malik Mujahid. We remind you that the views expressed by the host and our guests are theirs and are to be taken as a representation of Sound Vision Foundation. That being said, family, we will talk to you later on we'll leave you as we greeted you assalamu alaikum may the peace that only god can give be upon you